0: Good, good morning, morning Millennials. Millennials. Welcome back to the Toast and Happy Monday. Hope everybody's having a gorgeous start to their work. Hey, gorgeous. How you darn? I'm darn good. Excited to be back on the
1: toast. But boy, have I had a weekend. What have happened I had to a you?
0: morning. What happened to you?
1: My sweet angel, Harry, has oh. been sick all weekend. T- and we were coming out the other end. You know, we, we made do. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's just hard because of Charlie, like keeping them apart. Whatever Harry has, I don't want Charlie to get. So this morning I called the doctor to get Harry to see the doctor. And of course, like what time could she do? Toast time. Oh, So it's just been
0: hectic here to say the least. Just know when I find the person who infected our little Harold with whatever (laughs) sort of illness. Just know. Just know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just no. Yeah. So it was
1: a stressful weekend. Like we were literally cordoned off. Zach and Harry in one room watching Mickey Mouse. Mickey, as Harry calls it. And then me and Charlie in the other room. So it was just that was like kind of sad for the weekend. I made a huge pot of soup for the
0: house, which no one ate except for me. I mean, soup, like, I stand with the kids here because I have, like, a very, you know, limited palate. I'm a picky eater, much like that of a child, even though Harry eats definitely, like, more complex things than me. Um, mm-hmm. And I stand with the kids. Like, when you're sick and someone's like, soup, uh, fuck off, even well, though. when mom
1: made it with her heart and soul because he got sick on Saturday morning and the kosher restaurants
0: aren't open, so, like,
1: you know, I'm not really in my homemaking mode right now. I would have just ordered of soup. Course. But he needed kosher soup, and it was Saturday. Everything was closed, so mama got to chopping no
0: for sure and, the, and you're the, gonna eat my soup and you're gonna like it let me tell you the annoying thing about soup when you're sick like that shit does make you feel better like mm-hmm. they call it the jewish penicillin for a reason like there is medicinal qualities but my god like when, even when i'm not sick but more so when i'm sick like the thought of drinking that broth
1: like ugh, i actually i actually disagree with you that's okay the few times I've been sick this year, all I've wanted was soup and bread. Even when I had my bread. cerclages Bread, of course. <laughs> even when I had my surclages and I was like recovering, all I wanted was soup. Like mom kept bringing me soup and that was literally the only thing that sounded good because it's like you only kind of want to drink stuff, but you also need
0: sustenance. Of course. A.K.A. soup. Yeah. What if I just had a soup? Let me say one. I'll say, let's, I'll end with this. Okay. Okay. Soup with bread greater than just soup. For sure, but Mama's offering bread. I got fresh challah. Of course, of course, of course. I'm just, I just I thought it was important to mention.
1: He didn't even want challah, so I really wow. can't take it
0: personally. Wow. Also, on the topic of challah and soup, it is important to note we are entering like the Jewish holiday era. Now this weekend is the start of the Jewish New Year. It is Rosh Hashanah, which is a pretty good holiday, and we'll be together, family, friends, fun, and sun. You know what's better than that? But I'd be remiss. I would be devastated. I might even be heartbroken if I didn't at least mention that. What comes after Rosh Hashanah? Every Jew- if you've
1: been following the show for a while now, you know, even if you've never met a Jew in your life, you know what comes next because we talk about it every year and actually every day.
0: Yeah. Every day I think about how much time I have left until the dreaded Yom Kippur. It is our day of atonement. It is the saddest day in the Jewish calendar. It is a day of fasting, which means for 25 hours, your girls can't eat. And it's approaching. It's it's what? The first week of October, I believe. So just know that that's coming. That if we seem kind of on edge in the coming weeks, that's why. And I'm not looking... I, for one, am not looking forward to it. I think it's actually sooner than the
1: first week of October. Yeah,
0: it's, Oct- it's September 25th. Just so that you can prepare yourself. And I know what you guys are thinking. Oh my God, another Jewish holiday. These girls are going to be off. There's no show. Yes, there's no show September 25th, but just know we're not happy about it. Usually when we have a day off, it's like, ooh, what are we doing? Where are we going? What do we see? And what do we know? This time of year, a day off is a scary thing because it could be Yom Kippur.
1: Like working day greater than fasting day. You said it, sister.
0: You said it.
1: Also, I'm fairly certain that even though Rosh Hashanah is upcoming, it actually will not affect our listeners whatsoever because it falls on a weekend. It's two days. We usually take the one day because we have to. It's a very high holiday. Uh, but it's on the weekend. So really, for our gayish listeners, your life is unchanged.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, back in the day when we went to school, and we, of course, went to Jewish day school, like, Rosh Hashanah falling on a uh, weekend, like, a worse thing couldn't happen to a 12-year-old. Like, <laughs> It was just unfair. It was brutal. But this year, you know, I'm a business owner. I'm feeling grateful that it falls on the weekend because it doesn't affect our our business. Yeah. The show will go on. Yes. And, oh, my God. It's just like it's now setting in how close we are to Yom Kippur. Like, I really need to start preparing myself.
1: Yeah. Well, I fasted recently, so I'm feeling like I can do it.
0: I feel like I'm going to answer a common question I might get. As somebody who's on Ozempic. Like, Literally cheater, cheater, okay. pumpkin eater. First of all, I haven't spoken to a oh rabbi. Oh I'm done listening to you I, complain about Yom Kippur. What if you have the appetite of a breastfeeding mama? Okay, well, you don't actually, you could probably find a machloket to get you out of it since you're breastfeeding. I know I haven't spoken to a rabbi about, you know, the effects. But let me just say, I'm sure people are wondering, well, girl, you're on Ozempic, you're not hungry. Let me tell you how hunger still Strikes when you're on Ozempic, the same, um, the same, you know, frequency in which it would if you were not on Ozempic. It just would take less food to keep you full. Now I have to imagine, of course, I'm not stupid. It will be easier, of course. I was on it last year, though. Yeah, and you were fine. I remember. Was I? But see, you were fine. I imagine that that's how other normal people who have normal like relationships with food. I imagine that's how they experience Yom Kippur because it was still Mm. a struggle. But in recent years, like not on Ozempic when I've had to fast, it's literally like so impossible that that can't be normal.
1: The way no one is listening to you complain about Yom Kippur anymore, namely
0: me. You know, if we have any rabbinical students or rabbis themselves or wives of rabbis who are listening, what is like the law? You shouldn't be able to shoot up that week. Well, what day of the week is Yom Kippur? Monday. Mm. Okay. Actually, my daily, you know, sh- my weekly shot, I get on Wednesdays. And by the time Monday, Tuesday rolls around, like, I, it does start to wear off and I am feeling hungry. So, to be honest, it's not going to help me that much. If, if Yom Kippur was on, like, a Friday when it's peak shot. Oh, easy peasy. Wait. Friday is two days before. No, I take my shots on Wednesdays. Oh, OK. And by Friday, it's like at its highest it's peak. Peaked. Understood. Yes. OK, understood. Like, Fridays, you're not going to catch me like having a cheat day. Fridays are like my day. Got it. Well, I, I just I wanted to be open and honest about that. I-, I had to bring it up.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad that you did
0: because here I was indulging you in yeah. your annual Yom Kippur talk. Yeah. And no, nope the kibosh. Let me tell you, I don't even feel bad. Like I, I do. I'm doing what I do, got to do to survive.
1: Yeah. No, do what you got to do. But us listeners of you, just grain of salt. Grain of salt. You know what? I will
0: take that. What's now, A kazait of a, salt. A kizait. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, if anybody wants like a little lesson in Jewish theology, a kazait it's rough, trans- actually, not rough. It's actual translation. Zayat is olive. And when you put ka in front of it, it's like the word k'mo, shortened. K'mo means like. So kezayet, like an olive. So the rule, actually, historically, on Yom Kippur is if you're feeling like faint, you're feeling like you can't go on, like you, it will affect your health if you don't eat something, it is totally legal to have a kezayet. Something like an olive in terms like of size. Size. So in yeah. recent years, when I've needed a kazait, an M M&M and M is a gorgeous kazait. It's actually you could have two, maybe three, because size-wise, what kind of olive are we talking about? You know. No, and it's like this is where the rabbis
1: would do their thing and discuss until the ends of the earth. It's like, could I have multiple kazaites? Right. Or like, is each bite? It has to be a small mm. bite, but like they didn't say just
0: one. What did they mean by that? We got to get the that, Rashi there's text upon texts about that yeah that's like so jewish like interpreting language and manipulating it until it fits your needs
1: yeah but speaking of like an olive lauren elizabeth had her baby named olive so did stassi and stassi had her baby and so now if lauren elizabeth would like a hebrew name for her baby girl might i
0: suggest zait it's kind of gorgeous or Kazayit, like an olive. I definitely think the Lutheringhausen name has Jewish like history somewhere in there. I
1: know. I believe that it does. I think she's told us that.
0: Yeah. So, Zayit. Zayit
1: Lutheringhausen.
0: And I know Lauren's listening to this episode like while feeding her child. So, hey, girly. Hope you're doing well.
1: Hope you're doing well. Very hope, excited for her. You know what?
0: Let's not sing a lot, Lauren. Hope all the mamas who are listening to this episode rearing children at whatever stage are doing well because it's the world's toughest job. It really is. Speaking of mamas, so
1: the content hole that I've fallen down still is Molly Mae and Tommy Fury. Yeah. And I finished Love Island season five since we last spoke, you guys. The ending was just jarring. What?
0: Jarring. Whatever.
1: Whatever. They gave us Tommy and Molly. And that's what's important. A hundred percent. So now I'm watching Molly Mae's vlogs. And as a new, a recent new mom, I was watching her like postpartum vlogs, like her birth story, and then she vlogged like two months later, just about like being a mom. And the way I just felt so seen by this girl, Um, it was so nice. She was so open. I really didn't expect her to really be talking about some some of the nitty gritty of birth. I I
0: think that's how some people feel about you. Like you really are a warrior.
1: Well, I feel like watching her made me feel like I'm not that open and it's really nice when someone
0: is. But you really are, especially like on Patreon and stuff, like you go there.
1: Yeah, once the topic comes up. I guess on this show like we don't always, we don't talk about just postpartum things, but if I like sat down I made a video like Molly did. Yeah, I, would, I did my birth story. I, right. She did her birth story. And I just, I love watching that sort of content. So it made me want to just share more. Oh. If anybody wants to hear anything.
0: I want to hear, how's your mucus plug?
1: <laughs> I think she talked about her, music, her mucus plug. Queen. Wow. Wow. She did it fall it, out? It flew out, she said. No, she probably said it flew out. It flew all the way out. And the way I'm going to start speaking with an accent now, because that's all I watch. I know. I also watch At Home with the Furies, which is the reason why I started all this. You know, the Fury yes. family got a reality show on Netflix. Yes. But it's Tyson, Tommy's big brother. Yes. Who's a heavyweight champion. I didn't know him. And his family life's really interesting. But but really, the glimpses of Tommy and Molly are really interesting. Of course. And they're a very interesting family to have a reality show, but I don't think the show is very well done. It's extremely repetitive in terms Ooh. of like
0: what everyone is saying. Well, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of random unscripted reality shows all over the streaming services because it's kind of the only type of project that's sanctioned in the SAG strike. So it's the strike is really like draw. It's it's lo, it's been a long time and I don't really see an end in sight. So I do think that's the type of content we're going to be seeing. One, I'm here for it. That's the kind of content I can wrap my head around
1: right now. Two, it's been a long time that they've been on strike, but not a long time since Labor Day. I don't think, I anything, I don't think anything was happening before Labor Day. So it's, like, it's almost as if it's like week one of the strike in terms of resolution.
0: I agree. But then I also heard you know, from somebody who's like smart and a different person who told me that it would end in September said, most likely now, January. Wow. Yeah. So expect to see a lot of stand-up specials. And a lot of reality TV. I have oh, been wait. seeing stand-up. I have yeah. been seeing stand-up now that I think about it. I think if you're a comedian who's been trying to sell your special, like... Like Claudia Ashray,: Yeah, I'm having no luck. But if you are not me, I think this might be your chance. Like, if you see people getting, like, big specials on Netflix or any streaming service that you might not have pegged for, like, you know, Netflix's type, I think, it's, I think that's why. I have no proof of that. It's just a, a thought I had. It wait, also... Sense. Also, I didn't choose this as a story, but are you seeing all this Jessica Chastain Venice Film Festival drama? No, not a thing. So Jessica Chastain was at Venice Film Festival promoting like this movie that she did. And it's not like a big budget movie studio cuz you know Venice Film Festival it's like very it's not independent, but it's like always smaller budget. And it's a SAG sanctioned press tour that she's on. I think it SAG said it's good, it helps filmmakers. I'm not entirely sure, but it's caused like a lot of controversy and then Amy Schumer Posted a picture, Um, it was like a paparazzi photo of her at the US Open looking like a little, not disgruntled, but like, you know, she was making a face, like, and she captioned it, like, when I see celebrities promoting their films at the Venice Film Festival, because there have been like a few, and they're all sanctioned, they're not considered crossing the picket line, but I think it's a controversial thing.
1: Well, it just seems a little pick and choose. It does. And it seems a little unscrupled, Ooh, hot take. Just that like SAG just gets to decide who gets to promote their films. And of course, I'm sure there's people who have interest in the Venice Film Festival. And if really
0: no celebrities are promoting it, then like the Venice Film Festival is gonna tank. And no, it's not really so much promoting the film festival. It's promoting the people whose films are in the film film festival and they're not backed by like major studios and they are these sort of like more independent filmmakers and people who SAG wants to lift up Jessica Chastain like has been in her comments fighting for her fucking life responding and she's you know she's making sense it's just kind no. of you know like the celebrities are fighting no that's really crazy but it just sort and of And feels by the like- way I don't know enough about the whole thing to say like who's right and who's wrong but It's just been really interesting.
1: No, yeah. I don't know enough either, but it just kind of reminds me of how, like, you know, they promoted Barbie and Oppenheimer, like, to death, and then they decided, and now we're done, and now nobody can promote anything ever again. Well, the strike
0: had not begun. Yes, it had. No, it hadn't. The Mm -hmm. writer's strike did, but then SAG in solidarity hadn't started yet. Right. That didn't start until Barbie, you know, spent their last dollar of the $100 million dollar Yes, Marketing I'll say it, it, it was convenient timing for the biggest it film was, of the year. Right,
1: right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so. It's giving willy-nilly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> willy-nilly. Not willy-nilly. I'm also jazzed. Not jazzed. That's probably not the right word. But I'm also very into the stories today. And I am falling down a crazy rabbit hole of Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Like, It's wild what's going on.
1: And I'll explain it all. You explain the ins and outs because I'm just like, I've got the headlines. You know, that's
0: I have I've got the subtext.
1: No, I want to know. But I also want you to know what I think as someone who's just like a little zoomed out from the situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not zoomed out. And I have a lot of thoughts. Also, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that today's 9-11. Always a very tough day, especially in New York. And it's just so weird that it's just like a day, you know? yeah like people like get married because this is a day like people's birthdays are today and there are also people like are some maybe even some of our peers who weren't even born that's how long it's been i so crazy to think about
1: i was thinking about that this morning shannon posted a really nice set of stories about 9 11 and she was saying if you're younger than 22 you weren't alive for it which is wild to me
0: i mean it is but we were also so young i was in the first grade
1: yeah i was in
0: i might have been in the second grade actually sorry no i think i was
1: in second grade.
0: No, I was in the first grade.
1: Were you one... Oh, yeah. No, you're two years
0: below me. I was not in the third grade. You were. You Actually, were. I think I was in the second grade and you were in the fourth.
1: That makes sense. I know it's an even number.
0: Yes. So... Um, but it just goes to show, like, I've always known exactly like where I was on 9-11. But now, like, the details start to fade. I know. And we need to, like... We need to not. Because we need to yeah. always... I feel like there's so many people walking around now who are not even alive. It doesn't, like, impact them in the way that it impacts people who were there. And it's just so... Uh, Everyone should watch United 93. That's like probably one of my favorite. It's really a tough watch. It's like probably the saddest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But you get some Peter Herman. Oh, is he in it? Mhm. I, I everyone who's in that movie, like I know it wasn't like a big budget. It wasn't a big movie like um money maker for them. I just think it was like a story everyone wanted to tell. So anyone who's in that movie, like I have deep respect and admiration for.
1: Yeah, but that's also the sort of movie I can only watch once. Agreed. Like, if
0: it's on TV, skip. It's so painful. Yeah. Like, not a good happy Post-partum. ending. Postpartum. You,
1: you need to know the story, but it's not something that I'm just
0: going to, like, watch and re-watch. Right. And it's, like, one of the stories of 9-11. That's not, like, the biggest story, of course. Like, we always are hearing about the towers and stories from amazing, like, heroic people. And United 93 is just kind of, like, a smaller story. And and the fact that it, it's a movie, I think, is how a lot of people learned about that flight that almost hit the pentagon right yeah yeah and it's just it's a tough day so I wanted to acknowledge it thank you I'm glad that you did I was thinking the same thing Um, just like
1: eerie vibe in New York you know yeah it's it's a somber day it is and there's no getting around it you know yeah no it it comes every year it
0: just it just is and you just have to sit with it yeah I've actually never been to the 9-11 memorial have you
1: No, I've never been through the, like, experience. Me neither.
0: I think I should go. Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. Well, sorry to, you know, damper, but wanted to acknowledge. Yes, thank you very much. And I think perhaps
1: it's time. Perhaps it is time to dive into the Fast Five stories that you
0: need to know. So true, by the way, that you definitely need to know. And the Fast Five stories that you need to know are brought to you by the MTV Video Music Awards. So the MTV Video Music Awards are music's most iconic night, live tomorrow at 8. Not me thinking they were last night, literally getting all set up on TV. I'm like, Ben, we're going to watch it. And it's Tuesday. My bad. It's tomorrow at 8 p.m. There are live performances from artists like Little Wayne, Stray Kids, and more. Demi Lovato is returning after six years for a performance that's sure to bring the house down. Nobody... Nobody's vocals, try as they may, are as powerful as Demi Lovato, honestly. And everyone's talking about this year's Video Vanguard Award. Shakira is giving a career-spanning performance. Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. Very deserving of this award. I feel like she's kind of been in her stride, like, of getting those kind of lifetime moments. And now getting Video Vanguard is huge. Um, And the global icon, Diddy, is also taking the stage. I feel like he's going to bring people out. I feel like that's going to be iconic. So... uh, Everyone's talking about that. Everyone's also talking about who's going to take home video of the year. Will it be Doja Cat, Miley Cyrus, Nicki Minaj, Olivia Rodrigo, Sam Smith, Kim Petras, SZA, Taylor Swift. Now, of course, everybody's just talking about like what's going to happen at the BMAs. Me specifically, I've been on social media. Everybody's theorizing. We just got to tune in and see. I think it's going to be a great night of music. So it's live tomorrow at 8. It's the MTV Video Music Awards. You do not want to miss it. I will be watching. We'll probably be recapping it. I'm sure there'll be a ton of stories that come out after, you know, and celebs. Everyone's, and also, it's a fa- fabulous time to be in New York because everybody's in New York now. For the BMAs. So, video music awards on MTV live tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Today's episode is also brought to you by Caraway. Caraway's nonstick kitchenware makes cooking a breeze and cleanup easier than ever. It's back to school and made easy. With so many collections of their internet famous kitchenware to explore, there's a caraway for every kind of cook. It's a non-toxic, chemical-free ceramic coating that means that your foods can be prepared with peace of mind, that no hard-to-pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. Every set comes in a variety of modern shades to fit with any design aesthetic, and it includes easy access storage solutions to keep your kitchen tidy so Jax I know you're a big caraway girl how does it feel to be home like with your full caraway set with my caraway set in my
1: favorite color the cream set it feels great and my chicken soup this weekend was brought Mm. to you by caraway and honestly I wasn't like great about the temperature like I left it simmering all afternoon I fell asleep um and I think in any other pot it would have burned for sure and instead caraway made it nice and crispy and when I went to clean up nothing stuck per usual. Gorgeous. It was so amazing. And I also used their stowaway takeaway containers um, oh, yeah. to store my soup. I had Gorgeous. two huge ones. So I put one in the fridge and one in the freezer because it's the best way to do food storage. And it looks so nice. And it also makes your food look appetizing because sometimes leftovers, Tupperware, like in oh, plastic Tupperware, agreed. like I don't want to go near that. But when it's in my ceramic caraway, yum. No. And when you're cooking for a uh,
0: a Roldini on the mend, only the best, only Caraway. Only the best for Mommy's Angels. Visit carawayhome.com slash toast10 to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. The deal is exclusive for toasters, so visit carawayhome.com slash toast10 or just use code toast10 at checkout. Caraway, non toxic cookware made modern. Honestly, they have a set of pink pots and
1: pans that mm-hmm. I keep getting targeted ads for. That I kind of need to get. Yeah. And I'm going to use toast 10. As you should. Our first story, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis addressed the pain caused by their letter about Danny Masterson. They said, we support victims. So Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis say they're sorry for any pain or trauma caused by the character letters they wrote for their That 70s show co-star Danny Masterson, who was sentenced on Thursday to 30 years to life in prison for raping two women. In a video posted Saturday on Kutcher's Instagram account, they addressed how the letters, which were obtained Friday by The Hollywood Reporter, came about. They said that Danny's family Approached them after the actor's conviction in May and asked them to write character letters representing the person that we knew for 25 years. Ashton said, Mila said the letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. We support victims, we have done this historically through work and will continue to do so in the future. They were intended for the judge to read and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or to re traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that, and we're sorry if
0: that has taken place. Okay. So this was a crazy saga. Now, mm-hmm. from the beginning, Danny Masterson from that '70s shows was convicted uh, of drugging and raping two women. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison. And like Ashton Amila said, was those letters were written not to uh, sway the off. jury or the conviction, but just to. Uh, take into consideration when sentencing him. I think they thought that they were going to be private because they were just read for the judge and not for anyone else. They were not private. Um, In your research, have you seen whether or not like they were, how they were leaked? They weren't leaked. It's public information. It's, it Is wasn't. It? Yes. And I wrote it down. It's worth mentioning that uh, they were not the only celebrities that wrote letters for Ash, for Danny Masterson. They're obviously the most famous, but Deborah Jo Rupp, who plays the mom in that 70s show, that little old lady, mm-hmm. she wrote one. Giovanni Robisi, who you would know from Ted as Fresh Cakes. Yes. And the lesser known Baldwin brother, William Baldwin.
1: Got it. Well, Fresh Cakes guy writing a character letter, like just given his character
0: in Ted, I just don't know
1: how that's the vibe.
0: (laughs) Now, everybody is, you know, this is kind of like an ethical dilemma people are debating. Like, was it the right thing? Was it the wrong thing? They're his friend, yada, yada. Now, personally, my take is like vomit. I would literally never, like this is is like actually embarrassing for Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. I don't care how close you are with someone like the crimes he's... not even accused, convicted of, are so abhorrent. Plus, the other layer here that I think is causing people to spiral and conspiracy theorize is Danny Masterson is a Scientologist. And Scientology, this, these crimes happened a long time ago. Scientology was very involved in covering up these crimes for Danny Masterson. So now everyone's like, this is so off-brand for Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. They have a nonprofit called Thorn. They're very, very active in human trafficking and sexual abuse crimes. Like, they are so... Active in the sense of... Sorry. In the sense of trying to... Help. Eliminate and help victims of sexual sex crimes. It's so off-brand for them. It's so bizarre. Mila Kunis' last film is The Luckiest Girl Alive, which is about a sex crime. Like, it just makes no sense. Now... Of course, the element of Scientology has led people to theorize. And an Instagram story from one of Danny Masterson's ex-girlfriends has really caused the rabbit hole of people, you know, making up theories to be blown open.
1: Okay. An ex-girlfriend
0: or is it one of the accusers? Both. She's okay. Okay. So, they had released that video, which we should talk about because it was just bizarre. Like, it, yeah. Okay, so Danny Masterson's accuser, and I'm citing uh, one of the places that I've been watching a lot of videos is this girl on TikTok who I love, The Talk of Shame. She does like a good job recapping and, you know, who's who in all of this. Um, her name is Chrissy Bixler. She's an ex girlfriend and an accuser of Danny Masterson, and she had posted this story. Uh, once Mila and Ashton had posted their video, which was incredibly bizarre, um, let me find it. Sorry. Just give me two seconds. I was just watching this video before the toast. Just, it's important. Hold on. Oh, here. Okay. So she wrote on her Instagram story, Dear Ashton, I know the secrets your, quote, role model keeps for you. Ones that would end you. Did you forget I was there? You were on speakerphone that night. You called Danny on February 21st, 2011. I heard everything. I heard the plan. In my opinion, you're just as sick as your mentor. So now, what happened February 21st, 2001? I'll tell you what happened. A girl that Ashton Kutcher was dating was found dead. Stabbed 47 times in her home. Now, Ashton Kutcher actually was a witness on the trial. And he had said that he came to pick her up for a date looked through the window, saw red wine all over the floor, he said what he thought was red wine, and left. That's his involvement. But Chrissy Bixler is saying, I heard you call, I heard the plan, he had called Danny. Now a friend of Chrissy Bixler, who's now a podcaster and is like, you know, releasing content, had said Ashton actually called Danny and said he went to the door, opened the door, saw her her dead, went back in his car and called his team, his agents, his lawyers, Danny Masterson and, you know, concocted some sort of alleged plan for, you know, he didn't want to be, you know. In the you, call, you call someone he, like, hey, there's a dead body. You're obviously going to be the first suspect. So he had called a bunch of people and came up with this sort of plan. I believe that that's what the internet is now believing Chrissy Bixler to have meant because a friend of hers went on a podcast and said that that was what the conversation with Danny Masterson was and... That's what happened the night of February 21st, 2011. Then Christy Bixler also addressed Mila and said, Dear Mila, I pray you begin to process what you experienced as a child on that set. Your old interviews are very telling. I encourage everyone to watch them and decide for yourself what you hear and what you see. Do so before they get scrubbed from the internet. I also know what happened in Toronto and after. Question, if that's what you, if that's what you view... Hold on, let me clear display. If that's what you view as a normal relationship with a big brother figure, then I feel very sad for you, and I hope you consider getting into therapy. You almost forget I was there the whole time, those first five years after that 70s show. I remember everything. I'm not entirely sure what the Mila part is, and I think that's something the internet is still sort of digesting, but it's a lot.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. And it definitely takes you down a rabbit hole of other things. In terms of the letter and the apology, though. Yeah, the apology video. The apology video was was bad. bad. And I've never been in the position of, you know, what their what the position that they were in when they wrote the letter, they know this guy or think they know this person for 25 years. They're advocating for a more lenient sentence than right. probably what he got, because he got a very hefty sentence.
0: He did. They they really made an example out of him, which is fabulous.
1: Right. So they did what what they thought they should do. Right. Given the situation and, and given their, you know, obvious sensitivity and support for victims yeah you know like i don't think you can deny that so right. that and they chose to wrote, write that letter and that's what they thought what the right thing to do was and obviously they got a lot of heat for it i i think that this apology fixes nothing yeah and actually only makes it worse and makes Agreed. them look incredibly
0: unscrupled at least and they should have if it were me, I never would have written the letter. Like, I just think that was the wrong choice for them to make. Okay, but they a lot made that people, choice. A lot of people are now, like, speculating that because Scientology is involved and because there's, like, this litany of, like, things I just read, it's entirely possible that, like, they were blackmailed or, like, you know, hostaged because everyone's like, it looks like a hostage video. That the apology were, looks like hostage. Yeah, but they were, like, coerced into writing those letters. That's what a lot of people think just because Scientology now makes everyone suspicious of everything. Like the right, fact that But Ashton and Mueller are not Scientologists. No, but Scientology being a factor in this case makes everyone just now look at everything suspiciously. Yeah. Okay, but I but feel like to what you were saying? Okay, so they they decided to write the letters. That's what they thought was the right thing to do. I think they cited, you know, Danny's daughter as one of the main reasons for that. They, if they were going to do that, then they never should have explained themselves because this video helped nobody, did nothing. At least if they never explained themselves, there's like an air of mystery to it where we're like, well, we could never understand. But now I'm like, "Mm, that was the wrong call. Yeah,
1: I don't think anybody who was mad at them for writing the letter has forgiven them in their apology. So, and it just makes them look like Weak. Willy nilly, honestly. Willy nilly. And Just, everyone if family asks for a letter, they write a letter. Internet asks for an apology, they write it's an apology. So what true. do you stand for? Is this man really your friend and you really think that
0: he's a good man of good character? Then stand for that. No, you're so right. It's very it's giving spineless. <laughs> and um of course, now everyone is dissecting every millisecond of the video. They both keep looking to the right. It appears that they have some sort of computer there because you can also hear a click, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, it, it's clear that they're reading something, which doesn't bother me because if you're saying something important, like I do want you to get it right. You know, this yeah. isn't a memorization test. Like if you yep. want, and you know, you're always asking for people to put their face in front of the camera and they're apologizing. So, like, that's fine by me, but it's just like the tone of it, the setting.
0: Yeah. And the content. And now we're in that cycle of you're on the chopping block. We're going to look into everything you've ever done. So old interviews that are actually fucking weird and like are beyond inappropriate are, especially given Mila Kunis' age when she started that 70s show, which was 14. She said she had her first kiss on set and it was actually with Ashton. And so I think people used to look at that and be like, oh, that's so cute. They ended up getting married and he was her first kiss. But they were on, I forget what show it was. It might've been Conan, like one of the, an old, a show and he they were talking about their first kiss and they were like just telling the story and the more they told it they're like this is really fucking weird she was 14 they everyone How old said was in, he? 19 everybody knew that it was like gonna be her first kiss ever when they were filming it and danny masterson like paid or bet ashton kutcher like some money to like stick his tongue in her mouth because you know it's a tv sitcom kiss it's just supposed to be like lips um but he like you know they tried to make it funny, ha, 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 ha. and that was like Mila Kunis's first kiss, and it was just like I, people cited it as a you know a pattern with Danny Masterson being fucking creepy twenty years ago and now even more. Um, but so now they're in that cycle of like internet culture where yeah. everything that they've ever done and said is coming out just to kind of prove a pattern of, of bad behavior. And I will say it was compelling. Yeah. No, that's it. it, it Less bad since
1: they're married, and obviously she liked him and right, whatever. Right. And it, you know, you could put a bow on it. But then when you go back and look at everything under a microscope,
0: yeah, everything looks bad. This is just crazy because these are two celebrities who, throughout their career, have been almost untouched by scandal. Yeah, and so well liked by their peers, by America, by Hollywood. Like they are, we're just kind of living in this golden situation yeah. and this is something that neither of them really have experience with and it's interesting because now all these things are coming to light but when they had come to light there wasn't crazy everyone's now you know uh, also citing demi moore's book her memoir where she says that ashton kutcher kind of forced her into doing like things she wasn't comfortable with like threesomes and when that came out like there wasn't some campaign they've really just kind of been golden Yeah also they're so successful
1: that I sometimes think like when you reach a level of success like you're kind of immune to cancellation. Untouchable. you, You have like businesses that will thrive with or without you like your money's coming in so it doesn't really matter what the backlash is or what people on Twitter are saying about you but I don't know if this is really affecting them or they just care so much about their public image personas that they felt the need to apologize but the, they yeah. seem above you know the the
0: public apology public apology no the video was a mistake I think of course writing the letters were a mistake but I think that's a conversation people could go back and forth on like if you love someone actually weirdly enough Kathy Griffin uh so many celebrities have come out and given given their thoughts Topher Grace who was also on that 70s show him and his wife were like Totally, like, making content, posting content, standing with the victims, making it clear that they did not think that was the right choice for Ashton and Mila. Christina Ricci did the same thing. But Kathy Griffin made a video that I thought was really interesting um, that I didn't know about her. She said, a lot of people might not know this, but my brother was a pedophile. He, you know, molested young kids. Um, And Kathy Griffin called the police on him many times and, and wanted him to get caught. He's no longer alive, and I think that's why she feels comfortable talking about it. But she was citing her experience, like, knowing someone you love is capable of doing very disturbing, disgusting, criminal things is definitely a conflict. And she said, in my experience, like I didn't even think twice about protecting people from my brother. I called the police on my brother. So that was her, her example for something she went through that was similar. So I don't think I would have done what they did, but they did it. And to do it and then like kind of renege and make a video that appeases nobody, it's a very bizarre strategy. Yeah. 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 So, and like, it's so hard to get a rape conviction because it's, you need like a, a lot of evidence. Um, so the fact that they got it and then it was like trying, attempting to be diminished. And I know that's what they not, they said. That's not what they were doing, but it does. It's just, I don't know how you can have like a literal nonprofit organization. Your whole life's work. They don't really, they're not working actors anymore. I think they wake up every day and they work on Thorn, which is their their Yeah, or an, like he's, a business,
1: he's an investor and- yeah. Does
0: business. Right. So like, He's a man I don't business. really understand how you could in good conscience, write those letters when for the last several years, like your work has been to help victims.
1: Right. Which is why you have to consider like how they felt like how they knew him and how they felt about him, that they felt compelled to do that. Because I don't think it was just like a, a whatever decision we'll write this letter for this person who of did course. terrible things. Like, I think that's what they're
0: trying to say in their video. Like, yeah, I think if you look at it through the lens of them being forced and perhaps blackmailed, which I know sounds crazy, it does make a lot more sense. It makes
1: it easier to digest. Yeah. But I think that the dynamics at play here are a lot more complicated than yes. that. Like that makes it, oh, okay, now it all makes sense. You know, bad versus good. Right. We understand. It's but I so think true. That they're struggling with all these different emotions. And they were asked to write a character letter about the person that they knew Back who in the they day. clearly loved it was a big part of their lives enough to do that, and they're you know while also having the utmost sympathy and respect for victims because that is their life's work. Right. I think it was a complicated dynamic, and that's the decision that they ended up making. Not the same decision, probably a lot of people would make. Right. But I think there were a lot of things that went into it. But yeah, if you want to think of it as blackmail, it makes it a lot more
0: easy to. It swallow. just makes it just it's one plus one equals two. Whereas yes. this case, it's giving one plus one equals sock. Yeah, it's getting so sock. very interesting. Saga with two celebrities that have really never been through it like this. Yeah, and I think they're making matters worse for themselves. No, their inexperience is showing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I think this new cycle would have
0: washed it out. No, and we could have really. If, they, if we never heard from them, we could have really chalked it up. There would have been like an air of mystery to it being like, well, it's a tough spot to be in. You know, we could have just and continued only, to would, guess.
1: It would be added to the list of things. It's like one day whenever their time yes. came, it would be
0: like, and they wrote letters for Danny Masterson. Yeah, but no, now like hearing their explanation, which really was not sufficient or clear. No, it's made matters worse. It would have behooved them to stay silent. Like I'm assuming... All the other celebrities who are far less famous who wrote letters are going to do.
1: Yeah. They're just gonna hide behind
0: Mila and Ashton. No, you guys for take sure. this
1: one. We have enough money.
0: <laughs> no, you can withstand it. Some you, of us can't. Yeah, no, some of them can't. Yeah. Very but you know, at the end of the day, I think now everyone's talking about Milan ashton what i think a lot of people are like breezing past is he's been sentenced to 30 years in prison which is in my opinion an appropriate sentencing i think a lot of people are like it's really harsh but it's not
1: right so the justice has been served right i guess the letters weren't compelling enough right sometimes you got to let the wheels of justice turn dude th- it's so true are you ready for our next story i am Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet get touchy feely during a date at the U.S. Open tennis file final. So the U.S. Open made news this weekend. Obviously, we have new champions.
0: Djokovic. And-
1: jokovic coco Coco goff we'll talk about the tennis but we also have to talk about the celebs and the headline is kylie and timothy like took their relationship out for a spin and they're
0: smitten with each other they are they've just kind of been like out and about in new york and they haven't been like posting together but you know fashion week is full of cameras social media and we've gotten a few like things of them they went to a dinner together um they went shopping together jordan woods was there that was story two subset b It's kind of like been a busy week for Kylie. There's a lot to dissect. Let's start with just like the videos of them and how they interact as a couple. It's extremely cute. Like you would never catch me standing before. Like I just, I couldn't visualize it. But now it's been visualized for me and I'm I'm into it. Yes,
1: I agree. Visually, they look nice. They look so happy and in love. And she's never, I guess she was that way with Tyga actually very public with him mm-hmm. into him you know he was on the show and on the trips and i'm sure travis scott was just like a more private person so we didn't really they did like red carpets but we didn't really yeah. get this yeah and she's obviously feeling very confident in their relationship just putting it all on display for us
0: it's just so funny how like the kardashian girls like seem to date the same same type of men at the same time because like p uh, what's his name? Timothy Chalamet like definitely gives Pete Davidson energy, definitely gives a Travis Barker energy, like really skinny. I find it funny that like their their taste in men is changing. Yeah. Like it's actually yeah, no, it is. And they all really give the same energy and Kylie looks really happy. She's been so um like touchy like at the Beyoncé concert. They're like they look like a regular couple, like just like a PDA couple. Yeah, but like extra gorgeous. No, of course, not just any, please. And
1: still, like, Timothy is not, like, my dream man, but Kylie is making me find favor with him. No, I'm definitely looking at him like this now, like, oh, differently. Little differently, yeah. so Little different. It looks like they have fun, plus... You know, we have new winners. U.S. Open has come to a close. It was a a very fabulous week. Turdy Lou was spotted at the U.S. Open amongst other celebs. Thank you. How was your experience there?
0: It was great. Um, So many celebrities, especially like these last two days, because those were like the last couple of matches. Leonardo DiCaprio, Amanda Seyfried, Cara Delevingne, like really everyone. Kylie. And Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey was weirdly in Novak Djokovic's box. So when he won, like everybody runs up to their box and like hugs their family. And like literally before he hugged his wife, he hugged Matthew McConaughey and his wife. Like it was kind of crazy. Cute, cute friendship. Yeah. Like it was just unexpected. Yeah. Who were you rooting for? Well, the thing is neither one of them were Americans. So like, whatever, you know, I don't have like a stake in this game. Like with Coco Goff, of course, the other girl was Belarusian. So I wanted the American to win. Um, I don't I don't really know these two men. Mm. So Initially, I'm like, oh, Novak's the goat. Like, of course, we're going to be rooting for Novak. But he was the other guy was like losing so bad and like the crowd wasn't with him. And I've seen some videos of him on social media. He gives like P-JOM energy. Like, I'm an empath. I started to feel for him. I'm like, come on, Medvedev, like, get it together. At the end, I really had no horse in this race. So the greater man won. And, you know, we, we are living, we are watching one of the greats and he's setting new records. It was his 24th title. He is the oldest person to win a title like that. So I love to see people making history. When he won, he honored his friend, I didn't even know they were friends, the late Kobe Bryant with he changed his t-shirt, put on Mamba forever because it was his 24th win and 24 was Kobe. So it was nice. I was happy with how it ended. That's and, you very
1: know, nice. I can't, like I didn't watch one second of the US Open. You really missed out. It was fabulous people watching. I'm sure. I don't know. I just, I was never drawn to it and I just missed it. But you know what I was thinking because I've been watching all of this Fiori family content mm-hmm. and it's like the way I wish I was alive for the Tommy Fury, Jake Paul fight six yeah. months ago, which I was like, that's a, a uh, thing that like i totally missed but i was alive and present could have watched it yep maybe that's how i'll feel about the u.s open in a few months
0: after i watched maybe. the
1: novak documentary
0: actually there is a documentary on netflix called match point i haven't watched it but it's about like the life of a pro tennis player and is it better than the
1: movie match point no
0: definitely not the Couldn't movie match point is one of the world's greatest gifts movie match
1: point greater than documentary match point
0: you said it there, sister. You said it there.
1: Yeah, so now I'm um, ready. I think Tommy has a fight in a few weeks, so like I'll definitely be watching. Yeah, you got to get that pay-per-view. Can you order pay-per-view on YouTube TV? I think they're totally separate. Like pay-per-view is an app? No. No, it's a channel. I'm sure it'll be streaming
0: somewhere. I'm sure that if I want to buy it, they will take my money and find me. Actually, they make it really fucking hard to like spend your money when you want to wa- watch pay-per-view. Actually, I'm kind of dealing with, a, with an issue with my cable company right now because there was a Jake Paul fight last month and we had like some people over. So I was like, oh, let me buy it. 60 bucks, first of all. They charged me twice. So I get my bill this month. I'm like, oh, excuse me. I had to submit a ticket. It was like a whole thing. They call me. I got my money back. But you, I, like, I think you have to have cable. It's pay-per-view. Like that's, it's like an old school thing. Perhaps. Did Jake Paul win his fight that you watched? I fell asleep before Jake. They have like a whole lineup. There's like girl fights and then smaller guys. Like Right. It's like a whole lineup. And I got bored. I don't remember. Well, now I also, I like Jake Paul fights too because
1: I watched Untold Jake Paul, The Problem Child. So I'm really just into
0: boxing now. And I'll be watching these going forward. It's, no, it's like a fun thing when there's a fight on, because like, especially if it's a fight that everyone's talking about, like you invite everyone over and like you have snacks. It's kind of like the Super Bowl.
1: Like, I just can't imagine there ever being like a boxing fight more culturally relevant in my sphere than Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. And you missed it. And I fucking missed it.
0: But just know, like when when the time comes for you to watch your next fight, like the main event like doesn't start till midnight.
1: Okay, good to know But also now having watched more content of, you know, Tyson and Tommy, sometimes these things turn into like a saga, like a trilogy. And I think Tommy and Jake would rematch. I could see Jake challenging him to a rematch. Well, Tommy won.
0: Yeah. So Tommy's probably happy, like maybe never doing it again. But Jake is like, no, bitch, I want some more. Right, but also it's like for the vibes. And also if you want to be the best,
1: you've got to beat the best. So I don't think Tommy would shy away from anything. And I think you make a lot of money,
0: especially when you're fighting Jake Paul, who brings in so many viewers. You do make a lot of money. Now, can we really quickly go back to subset B of Kylie and Jordan? Yes, Kylie and Jordan
1: reunited. They were spotted together at the Acne um, Studios Studios. store. Kylie's the new face of Acne Studios. And Kylie posted a TikTok, including Jordan.
0: So this is like the second or third time that the girlies have been girlying. And I think it's, you know, abundantly clear that they've made up. And I'm so here for the reunion, like, because this was a great friendship. I just like have a hard time, like, really, truly getting into the mindset. Like, I feel like if I was Jordan, I could never be friends with Kylie again. Even though, like, of course, Jordan like made the mistake. She kissed Tristan, whatever. But like the fallout was so insane and I'm sure like it really was traumatizing that sort of like torpedo of internet hate like I honestly just don't know how like you can go back to that for real
1: yeah not even the internet hate but the fact that like you lived without me in your life like we were living together I had to leave your house you know you've been doing all these things the last few years I haven't been a part of you had a child and then how you just kind of like not jump back into things but resume a friendship with all of that kind of looming i don't know how i'm sure they've worked through it and that those things aren't an issue but that takes actually a lot of emotional work
0: yeah and now uh people did notice uh on tiktok that jordan woods had reposted a video that was like a joke about how whenever you're watching the kardashians and kendall comes on screen you press fast forward she had reposted it (laughs) Which is so funny funny. because, like, if she's gonna like dislike anyone, I wouldn't imagine it's Kendall. You never know. It's also entirely possible, like, it was an accident. I mean, it's very hard to repost a video on accident. You have to press like four buttons.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think it was an accident. We need to, I know it would be easier for everyone, just like Scientology blackmailed them, for us to say, oh, accident. But I think there's a lot of dynamics at play here. I completely
0: agree. Just an interesting thing to note while she's been out and about with Kylina yeah but she's also like not wrong <laughs> no she's not wrong because you know health is really important too, kendall right right and that doesn't always make the most compelling tv no and it doesn't have to it does not have to not
1: everyone needs to be making the most compelling tv she's making compelling photo shoots i don't fast forward through those you don't i don't fast forward through her instagram photos they're very nice yeah yeah, yeah. No, It can be good at everything not everything can be everyone can be everything to everyone
0: All at once. Everywhere. Exactly. Are you ready for our next story? If it's our next story, that's brought to you by Pillsbury. Whoa, yeah. Yum. I mean, you know me. I'm an extremely picky eater. I feel like we have a lot of listeners who have children they cook for who probably have the same level of palate as me. Who has hours to make dinner every single night? So Pillsbury crescent rolls are fabulous if you want to add them into your weeknight dinner rotation. They have so many simple recipes doing the most, but not actually. So they won't take long making fillings for Pillsbury Crescent Rolls with delicious ingredients that will transform the Crescents from a side dish to a main dish. With Pillsbury Crescents, it's as easy as fill, roll, bake to please your picky eaters and move on with your evenings. So weeknight recipes can be tough. You know, we got a lot of things going on, chores, homework, whatever it is. And you just don't have six hours to put together a five-star meal. But with Pillsbury Crescents, you don't need it. It's as easy as fill, roll, and bake. Roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll. You know, you can make a nice little pizza A little sauce, a little cheese, a little crescent roll. That's gorgeous. Maybe a pepperoni if you're not a Jewish queen. They're quick and easy spin for a weeknight recipe. They have fabulous recipes at Pillsbury.com. Like I said, the pizza crescent rolls, chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, ham and cheese crescent rolls. You can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle. And it's dinner prep in 30 minutes or less. It's pleasing for the picky eater. So check it out. Weeknight dinners need not be a whole orchestra, you know? No, and that sounds gourmet. I know. Today's episode is also brought to you by Hatch, the Restore 2.
1: Wait, that's As so we- crazy. Cause I just got a text from Zach asking him, he asked me to turn the sound machine on my hatch. And that's what I was just doing on my phone. No lie, was turning on the
0: sound machine in the bedroom. As we get older, our responsibilities and challenges increase, causing stress levels to rise. But prioritizing quality sleep is one of the best ways to take care of yourself. Instead of lingering on your phone before bed, make sleep your simplest self-care routine with the Hatch Restore 2. I'm on like month six of my Hatch. I was saying how I was looking for like low lift wellness activities and everybody recommended the Hatch as a better way to wake up. It is. I love it. And all the, you know, bells and whistles, like the sound machine are fabulous. Like really the light. I love like reading with my light.
1: It's the best. It's the best. The wake up is so humane. It's a very humane way to wake up. I actually hadn't unlocked all my hatch potential until I got back to Florida last week. And I saw all of the sa- the noise options. Like you can have white noise, pink noise, brown noise. I like to sleep now with a little rainfall. It's been great for Charlie experimenting with all of these noises.
0: And plus all like the awake conversations content they have meditation. Think of the Hatch Restore 2 as your bedside sleep guide, your ally in rest. The innovative all-in-one dream machine is a sophisticated sound machine, light, and alarm clock. It's beautifully designed for your bedside table. Good rest allows you to be the best version of yourself, which is why the Hatch Restore 2 was engineered to help you form healthy sleep habits for life. Your Hatch teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. It coaches you through meditations and mindfulness exercises that transform the time before and after sleep into restful rituals. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your first purchase of a Hatch Restore 2, and free shipping at hatch.co slash toast. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore 2. Go to hatch.co slash toast to get $20 off in free shipping. That's hatch.co slash toast. Oh, amazing discount and savings I know. I know.
1: Our next story Chris Evans marries Alba Batista in a Cape Cod wedding with superhero co stars as guests. And hearts are breaking around the globe. Hearts breaking everywhere. Chris Evans is married. The actor wed Alba Batista during a ceremony at a private estate in Cape Cod, Massachusetts on Saturday, a source told People. Many of the couple's famous friends were spotted in nearby Boston for the wedding, including his co-stars Robert Downey Jr. and his wife, Chris Hemsworth and his wife, and Jeremy Renner, John Krasinski, and Emily Blunt.
0: Yeah, apparently like Boston was crawling with celebs all weekend, on their way to Cape Cod. Um, now, Alba Batista is a normie, correct? I believe so. I cannot think of her, and the, whenever I see a picture of them, I'm like, this is a romance novel. Like, it's not real. He is a romance novel. And he's, he's like... Pro for, hero. For,
1: what are they called? Leading man?
0: Uh, yeah, but like, for the entirety of his career, like, he has been the most eligible bachelor. Like, everyone is obsessed with him. He literally plays Captain America, right? Yeah, like the biggest superhero in the world, like never like everyone's just obsessed with him. And he finds like this really beautiful, you know, girl, you know, has a simple life. She comes from a simple, normal background. It's literally like a Tessa Bailey novel. It's not real. Yes. Also, she's not a
1: normie. She's an actress who starred in Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I love that book. Netflix's Warrior Nun. Oh, Dude, you know okay. what? I'm glad that she's like industry in the like, you know, in the industry can be in the okay, world. I liked the
0: story better. Like when she was a normie, it was like more of a fairy tale that I would read in a, in a book. I liked it better. Um, but it make, makes more sense. Like how would a normie even meet Chris Evans? No, but
1: I could see him being into normies, but he's also just like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this will be a successful match. I do, too, because he's not like he's not a serial dater. Yeah, I've always just gotten the vibe that he like wants
0: to find the right girl. And I feel like the only relationship he's been in that I know about is he was with Jenny Slate for Mm -hmm. many, many years. So he's clearly like a relationship guy. Yeah. It's nice. I like wish she was a normie that like kind of ruined the fantasy for me. Well, there's always Jonah Hill. There's always Jonah Hill. Literally.
1: Literally. Yeah. Literally. I'm sure he was on the phone with Mila and Ashton this weekend. Jonah? Yeah. Why? All calling in from a bunker of canceled people.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of people I mean, going comparatively, through comparatively, comparatively, Jonah Hill, like, w- is nothing. Really? You think? Oh, yeah. See? This. You could always, it could always be worse. It's true. You could always be Mila and Ashton. For today, until it's the next person. So true. But I feel like this might be, like, just the beginning of, like, a, a slew of, of bad weeks for Mila and Ashton, honestly. Because of, like, these old videos and stuff? Yeah, and this is just, like, it's so serious, you know? Yes. Like, the Jonah Hill thing, like, I don't know. It was just, I feel like you could chalk it up to, like, Instagram drama. Like, Well, I feel this- like, actually...
1: It's a little, you could say, you could actually make the argument that one is worse than the other. Because, like, in the Mila and Ashton case, it's like, they didn't do anything. Right. They didn't do any bad behavior. I don't know what the internet's going to dig up. But the case, uh, you know, they just are supporting their friend who You're did. Right. Whereas with Jonah, yes, it's not like serious crimes alleged, but it was his behavior. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. So I'm sure they're going back and forth in the bunker about who has it worse. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right, right. right. <laughs> oh that's funny anyways mazel tov to chris Evans. yes very very nice very happy but for you know him. what a
1: cape cod wedding really is like a romance novel it's giving ellen hildebrand jerry i'm telling you
0: like when i just see a picture of them like she's so she really is so normal looking she's like this beautiful simple girl who like doesn't wear a lot of makeup because she's naturally beautiful i know I'm but like,
1: th- but now that you know she's an actress it's like oh no she did have her makeup done and that's like yeah. the
0: look yeah, no, it's definitely it, it, the fantasy is over. Well,
1: I think you should write a romance novel that's fan fiction, like based on these two, what you thought about them.
0: No, I'm kind of obsessed.
1: Write it, girl. Writer, girl. Writer, girl. Write girl. Write it, girl, comma, writer, girl. Exclamation yes, point. Yes, ma'am. Exclamation point. <laughs>
0: yes, girly. 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 <laughs> Let's move on. Okay,
1: LA. let's move on to our next story. Is this fourth or fifth? Fourth. Okay. Joe Jonas is addressing the messy divorce rumors from Sophie Turner. They performed in L.A. at Dodger Stadium on Saturday night, and Joe took to the mic, said, It's been a crazy week. I just want to say, look, if you don't hear it from these lips, don't believe it, okay? He said, Thank you, everyone, for your love and support. Me and my family love you guys. Then they sang Hesitate.
0: Oh, that's the song he wrote about Sophie. So it was like a very intentional timing for a little speech. Um, I just want to say, I feel like this fixes nothing. This helps nobody. No, but I think it, I, I think there's been a major turn in public perception. And that's why I don't think he would have said anything if like the narrative had continued to go his way.
1: So reading between the lines of what he said and from sort of like my spectator's point of view, not like TikTok memes, Twitter, it's like, when they announced the divorce, there was some shady language about Sophie, because the kids are with Joe, and Joe's on a world tour, and why is that? And it just leaves one to wonder what's going on with Sophie, um... And so then people started to say like, well, Joe's planting these like nasty things about Sophie and people didn't like that. Very misogynist that like, why not? The ring camera footage. The ring camera. Why shouldn't the kids be with their father? It wouldn't be news if they were with their mother.
0: No. And it's like there's paparazzi of him having lunch with his kids and they're like, oh my God, uh, your kids need to eat. Like. Right.
1: Right. And if there was paparazzi of them having lunch with Sophie, it wouldn't be news. Crazy. But it's like they're still with their parent. Right. So then people, you know, thought that Joe was planting those things probably to make Sophie look bad. And now they're all want to defend Sophie against like these allegations. And so he definitely he said the adverse effect. Right. So he's saying if I didn't say it, it wasn't said. Don't believe it.
0: So he wants us to believe that all the things that came out really negative at Sophie had nothing to do with him.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And that it's not necessarily true if he didn't say it and he
0: didn't say it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm definitely a part of the people who, like, it's had a negative effect on. Like when all these things started to come out, I'm like, this is a little too convenient, you know? It takes two people to break up a marriage. It really does.
1: Yeah. Well, then also, then it came out, someone, some source had said that Joe wasn't there for Sophie when she like struggled after she had her second child. So there's kind of very, I don't even want to say like mudslinging because it's so subliminal, you know, and it's like source, source, source. And it's just like ring camera. Not even what was, was it said or was it done? They didn't even know. Or they didn't even say so it's like they're just planting these really tiny seeds that are on the one hand so vague it could be innocuous but on the other hand then your mind starts to wander what did he see on the ring coming you think of the worst possible thing
0: like cheating
1: yeah or her like saying something you know so mean about him yeah. I've seen some funny <laughs> tweets. I know people are being funny <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. No, we have to be able to laugh through the pain. We're all, of course, this is painful for all of us. We're um, mourning the
0: loss of a great celebrity couple. But I
1: think we just need to pull back from this and be like, you okay. know, there's definitely wrongdo, or, you know, both parties are hurt. You never want to see a divorce happen. Now they're starting like, to sort of say some mean stuff about each other, but
0: let's not listen. How about that? Okay. OK, you know, I just I think maybe he thought this speech would like call off the dogs a little bit. And I feel it's very Im- not impactful. But he also needs to call
1: off his dogs who are planting. Yes. These sorts of things. In addition to calling off people who are like, you know, saying mean things about him, too. Yeah. I just think it's, yeah. it's hard and all of these different factors don't Dynamics. make it any easier.
0: Yes, I agree. And I
1: also think, like, for him to be going through such a public divorce that was, like, really nobody saw coming and to have to get on stage every night
0: and sing and be in front of people, like,
1: that must be really hard for him. I'm also sure, given that this was probably the last thing that he wanted at this time. You know what I mean? Because even if he did want a divorce, I doubt he wanted it when he's also going to go perform
0: tonight. The timing couldn't be worse, even though I think one could argue it makes the tour more interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you have to be really, like, diabolical to, to care more about the interest of your tour. It's not like they had a hard time selling tickets versus yeah. how it will feel to go out every night and you know what everybody's thinking about you. True, 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 true. So I'm going to give them
0: grace. Wow, she's giving grace. What if we just gave a little grace? It's giving grace. Grace.
1: That's me. It's you. Are you ready for our fifth
0: and final story? If it's the fifth and final story that's brought to you by State Farm. It is. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create a plan that gives you options, so you get an affordable price. And it comes with a lot of benefits, like the coverage you want, a policy that helps cover what's important to you, and an affordable price just for you. Because after all, life is just better when you can personalize your experiences. So think about it like this. What do your music playlists, podcast feeds, and social media scrolls all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you. We all know my social media are full of celebrity conspiracy theories these days. Um, I've ended up on Manjaro Talk. You know, it's very personal. Like me and Jackie, how similar are we? But even our feeds are different. Right. My feeds are all breastfeeding hacks. Right. You know, how to, how to burp your baby. And that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common too, Jax. It gives you options to help you personalize your coverage so you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. So you can see more of yourself and everything that you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. Let me just try that one more time. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. Thank you, State Farm, for sponsoring
1: this final story. Yes, this final story. Chloe Kardashian sports a necklace featuring her kids' names and including the name of her niece, Dream. So Chloe was on IG stories, doing an ad for Fabletics. What caught people's eye in addition to the gorgeous threads was her necklace that says her kids' names. Uh, what's that one? Tatum True Dream.
0: I just want to say, like, this is unintentionally, like, the best most amazing money Fabletics has ever spent. Right. Like on for your for some of your Instagram content to go viral and it's an ad. Oh my god. That's clicks you can't even pay for. Yes. For sure. Dream. Dream Kardashian. Dream. So everyone noticed immediately. Like it's not it's not uncommon to have a necklace with your kids name on it. I know you wear a Harry necklace. I'm sure you'll have a Charlie one soon. Like it's not uncommon, but dream especially after like this most recent season of kardashians uh, she had to actually had to release a statement saying like she doesn't see herself as you know dream's mother but she's clearly very involved very in involved life. and what she'd
1: said on kardashians was that she feels like you know a third parent yeah and even though that didn't play well with audiences that doesn't change the reality of their day-to-day yeah and we don't know what that is but if dream is with her almost as much as her kids are and she's wearing a necklace that just say Tatum and true, you know, that could be hurtful to dream. And so I think at the end of the day, it's just about like what dream seeing on this woman that she spends all of her time with who treats her like a child, her own child, you know, in a wonderful way. I don't think Chloe's trying to usurp China in any way. And I do think that if she was so concerned about what people thought about it, she would have tucked her necklace in. So like, I think that this necklace is just a representation of the reality of their
0: lives yeah. I mean, what we don't know much about like Rob's situation, but we do know that he has primary custody. I think it's one day a week or maybe two that China has custody. And Rob and Chloe are so close. I'm sure every day he has dream, he just goes over to the house and they all hang out together. So it in a weird way, it looks like a very, you know, typical family, yeah, <laughs> um, so you're right. Actually, that's an amazing point that, like, if they're all hanging out all the time and, you know, dreams learning to read and she sees a necklace and it's like bitch where am I yeah no it's true it's at the end of the day it's sweet but there's definitely a complicated dynamic with China
1: definitely and I just want to say I love the necklace and I want one so if she could drop the link it's really cute if the necklace company could do an ad drop a link um I love it by the way
0: I had read a few weeks ago because you know China's on this like journey of redemption China's found God China has found God. She removed a lot of her filler. She's dressing more conservatively. She's kind of turning into like a kept woman. Um, actually, I don't know. Is kept woman the right word? Because she's a no. business owner. That's not what I meant. I meant like a traditionalist, if you will. And I had read that she was going to begin the process of um, fighting for more custody. Okay,
1: well, it seems like she's in a good place now. I hope that that is how this story ends, because when you watch like Kardashians and how they're like, you know, dream is such a big part of their lives. And then you also look at China's social media and it's really like she is trying really to better, to better herself. I do hope that means that these two parties can come together. The elephant in the room is the hundred million dollar
0: lawsuit. And it's like, how do you get how do you get past that? I really don't know. Oh, that's an amazing question. I totally had forgotten about that. I would love to, you know, think of a future where we can get to a place where, like, they really do get past it and China ultimately, like, feels enormous gratitude to Chloe for helping out when China was struggling. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to a place like that. Right. But it's like China and Kim used to be really good friends. I know. So it's, it's not, so, it is so. Crazy, like when you think back on Rob and China, when you think back on Kylie and Tyga and China, when you think back on the picture that they took in front of the mirror, like it was really not
1: a normal time. No, it's crazy, and you and you like to think that maybe they could get back to that place, considering like they were friends, they they get along, they did, but the lawsuit throws a wrench into things. So I don't know how that would go, but I think it's possible. Also, the Kardashians are very forgiving.
0: Yeah, they're women of faith.
1: Yeah. And uh, Chloe is very, for, like, she doesn't hold on to stuff. I mean, she's forgiving Tristan, obviously. Right. I feel no, like this would be the biggest thing they would have to forgive. You know, all the China but, stuff. But I think that they would and could do it if she, were, because if she
0: were genuinely sorry. The only reason that they could is because one thing about them, the only thing, like, the thing that always comes first is the kids. Yeah. And they would put aside personal grievances – for dream and and that's just the kind of people that they are like for real yeah but this would be
1: the biggest thing they've I think that they've had to forgive
0: yeah that was like remember like Chris like they really tried to make it work like they gave her the own show they were living in that house like they tried to make it nice and it didn't work out that was so crazy it was crazy but none of that is as crazy as the lawsuit no yeah the time
1: the energy the days the stress like of the money going to court i honestly i don't know if it's forgivable and also is china sorry does china take it
0: back what the forgiveness just
1: yeah is china asking for forgiveness i don't know these are big questions does china really think like okay you know what i was wrong you guys didn't you weren't the reason that he took my show away yeah without that there's no conversation to be had
0: yeah, no, it's a good question. Like, is she is she even playing ball? Like, is this a fruitless conversation? Is she asking for forgiveness? <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the necklace is sweet. I'm
1: sure some people see it as weird. I think the necklace is so sweet and indicative of their reality. And
0: in which case, you know, Chloe's a wonderful woman. I mean, Chloe, I think time after time has really shown like she has endless love to give. She has an enormous heart. She's like a deeply good person yeah and i want that necklace so it, so it's sweet like i'm gonna chop like i'm not gonna make it weird yeah
1: is it diamonds i can't see it looks just like silver to me oh, jackie's fixated on the
0: necklace yeah like drop a link thanks girl drop the link i'm sure whoever made it will be you know posting about it in no time <laughs> capitalizing on the momentum hopefully a toaster to let us know where we can shop it Maybe it's Fabletics. Maybe Maybe they're going into jewelry. Maybe
1: it's a TOB, a toaster-owned business. I would love that. Love a TOB.
0: Those were great stories. Like, really compelling stuff this week.
1: Yeah, but it's also just because it's like me and you doing our thing. So true. Oh, my God. I miss you so much, girlfriend. Well, what's exciting is that you're on twice this week. I am on twice this week on Friday. Not only am I on, but we'll be together in Florida.
0: Yes. Flamingo-style. so we've got a great week. We posted the schedule on our Instagram today. We got Jax. Tomorrow, we got Taylor Strecker. Wednesday, we've got Hannah Burner Thursday, we've got a major celebrity coming in, Ben Soffer. And Friday, back with Jax. Good way to start and end the week. You know, our original recipe. It's like, it's giving palindrome. It's giving bookends.
1: It's giving bookends because it's not a true palindrome unless BSC was doing Tuesday and Thursday.
0: And no, it's not a palindrome.
1: No. You know, who you might loves me not bit- realizing
0: what? Not me not realizing like what a palindrome was until you just said that. You know who loves a palindrome? Race car? Young Sheldon. He does love (laughs) a palindrome. Um,
1: All right. Well, that's our show, Jax. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your company. And thank you for all the other shows that you are gracing us with. Enjoy motherhood. Thank you. Enjoy auntiehood.
0: I will. As will I. I Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast the Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. Oh, I wanted to address something. Mm. Stitcher has gone out of business.
1: <laughs> well, that's not funny. i sorry. So, it's just funny that that's what you need to address.
0: Yeah, no, I like kind of the elephant in the room. And I do, I think a lot of people were waiting to be like, what will she do? <laughs> I, will, I will not be updating the, I think half the platforms I say are out of business. But it's just kind of like not my problem,
1: no, you know. And also, like it's part of the zeitgeist at this point. It's not about the platforms. Like we know you're all listening on Apple or Spotify.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry that a billion dollar company like SiriusXM couldn't keep Stitcher afloat. Like that's, I don't see how that becomes my problem, and <laughs> I have to shift and evolve. And you have to change your ways. So, having said that, thank you so much for listening to what the Justin Morning Box Show. Doing? <laughs> Unclear. IHeartRadio. Never heard of her. <laughs> The my morning show where we deliver the fast five star is easy to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, or Public Radio, I hear radiocast talks, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us the toastly five star, we be how beautiful, standing, and wickedly talented. We are. I haven't really thought you, about all the places. Did you say public radio at some point? Yeah. That like was an app. Like I I think it still is. Like you can really listen to podcasts on like a lot of different if apps. If you Google
1: the Toast podcast, like there's Endless links of where you could listen to Google it. Play. Oh no, but like stuff like literally, let me do it. It's
0: yeah. But I just want to say, like, I'm not changing my outro. I don't want you to. Okay, good, because I'm not. The Toast Podcast. Spotify.
1: Amazon Music. Mm. Podtail. What? iHeart Pod Chaser. Pod Bean. That's I've heard of Podbean. My point proven. Yeah.
0: Great. And my point that I'm not changing anything is also proven, okay? Because you know what? I'm a creature of habit. It's, the, and it's that's folklore. That that. It's folklore. And it's like if I'm expected to shift my outro every time some podcast app flops, there'll be no
1: end of it. No. We just can't be beholden to the tides of the industry.
0: We can't be beholden to the tides of the industry. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So have a great day, everyone. Love ya. Bye. Love ya. Bye.